Welcome to More Than One Thing with Athena Calderon, the podcast focused on non-traditional career paths, creative endeavors, and the ever-evasive multi-hyphenate. This is a podcast about taking the road less traveled to find your passion and purpose while navigating the hurdles and hoops we all jump through on this personal and creative journey. I'm your host, Athena Calderon, author, interior designer, cook, recipe developer, entertaining expert, creative director, stylist, storyteller, editor, and certified oversharer. Does that sound like an insanely long list of things to do? Well, it is, and that's exactly why we're here. Every week, I'm going to be sitting down with another multi-hyphenate whom I admire deeply to talk through their struggles, vulnerabilities, and eventual successes throughout their beautiful and winding journey to where they are now. Because it's in other stories, I believe, that we can always see just a little piece of ourselves. I wanted to take a moment to share that my upcoming design book, Live Beautiful, is publishing on March 3rd. This week, I'm launching an exciting pre-sale campaign. Anyone that pre-orders the book before the launch will receive a little surprise. I'm releasing exclusive pages that document the visual process behind each designer's home with never-before-seen mood boards. You can only receive this downloadable booklet if you pre-order the book. So go to iSwoon.com and click on Live Beautiful to learn more. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with serial entrepreneur and dear friend Hannah Bromfman. The accomplished DJ, media personality, author, and businesswoman behind wellness platform HB Fit. Like many of us, Hannah has embraced a non-traditional career path, channeling her love of music, beauty, health, and wellness into a multifaceted empire. While Hannah wears very many hats, her career began as a DJ after graduating from Bard with a degree in fine arts. She quickly became the go-to DJ for some of the greatest fashion, art, and corporate events worldwide. Being the renaissance woman that she is, Hannah transitioned into health and wellness guided by her belief that your body is your temple. She routinely shared her health-driven recipes and workout routines with her half a million followers on Instagram using the hashtag HBFit, and eventually HBFit.com was born. HBFit offers original content highlighting recipes, travel, beauty tutorials via the newsletter and YouTube channel HBFit TV. True to form, she was able to channel her expertise into a large media career booking hosting gigs for networks like E, Pop Sugar, VH1, and the Food Network. Hannah's success has also caught the attention of world-renowned luxury brands. In addition to serving as a global ambassador for Adidas, American Express, and Samsung, she keeps her DJing appearances with branded events for Bulgari, Bacardi, Chopard, Clinique, Dior, Fendi, H&M, Moet, and NARS, among others. She has also opened for John Legend, Alicia Keys, and has curated music for stores and fashion shows around the globe. I personally met Hannah eight years ago when I asked her to cook with me for iSpoon. We were both just beginning to navigate our undefinable careers, and it's been beautiful to observe her take the world by storm with both fearlessness and grace. And while from the outside, it may appear to have been an easy path, Today, Hannah and I will discuss how she got here and will reveal the twists and the turns, the good and the bad, because our roadblocks are an essential part of our journey. 
Thank you. That was a very lovely intro. I'm, like, no one's ever summed me up like that. Really? Yeah, that was, I mean, but you're a true friend, so. Oh, well, like, you've done a lot of things, yeah. and that's exactly why we're here. <laughs> I would love for you to kind of share a little bit about what being a multi-hyphenate means to you. And what I think is really fascinating is that maybe it's a generational thing, because mm-hmm. I'm older than you, but my multifaceted mind, it has stumbled me. Mm-hmm. But I feel a little, not to say that you don't have your roadblocks, but I feel mm-hmm. like maybe your generation kind of embraced this like entrepreneurial mindset a little bit more than the way I beat myself up for like being shamed for doing too many things. Sure, sure. So I, I first want to say that I feel like the generational thing, I think you're right. For me, it feels like just the timing of when I became an adult or was welcomed into the real world after college, which was in 2010, kind of at the height of the economic decline, and no one was really getting corporate jobs. Right. So that kind of helped shape the road or the path that I was then going to go down. I graduated with a BA in fine art, and I had worked in corporate PR for many years while in college and in high school. And those opportunities were no longer available to me. And they also weren't necessarily the path that I wanted to take. But then I also didn't want to be a starving artist because I couldn't afford rent on an apartment and a studio plus materials. And so then I kind of realized the talent that I had readily available to me was DJing. Mm-hmm. I had started DJing college, and then that's kind of what I was able to do as soon as I left college, moving back to New York, was DJing nightclubs and kind of getting my foot in the door that way. And so it really was the timing that kind of helped shift and, like, shape where I was going to be going. Right. In terms of the multifaceted, like, why I love it so much is because—and I feel like this is the same with you, like— I just love having my hand in so many different pots. It's just more exciting and satisfying to me to know what's going on in five different realms as opposed to just one. And there's so much to explore within the world of wellness specifically that I feel like there's just like so many different projects come out of it. And and I'm lucky to work with an amazing team that helps me do all of them well. And I feel like that notion of do one thing and do it well is kind of antiquated. I agree. Yeah. What was the coming together of of wellness for you? And, you know, it seems so vastly different from a nightlife and DJ life. So I'm just curious, like, how that was kind of initially yeah. foiled into your world. Yeah. So it, I think it literally was because the DJing was wearing me down. Mm. It was a lifestyle that became very unsustainable for me. I was up all night. My skin was terrible. I was hardly, you know, eating nutritious meals throughout the day. I was sleeping all day. I wasn't working out. And I was just exhausted and Mm. I was super fatigued. And I remember in college, I had, after my grandmother passed away, She suffered from anorexia her whole life. And that was something that 
was really hard to deal with, especially coming from the ballet world where I kind of left the ballet world because of all of the, you know, troubles with eating disorders with the community around me. Because that was something that I never really wanted to participate in. Did you know growing up that your grandmother was unwell? Like, did it, did I, that have a, a, an effect on your own wellness? You know, I knew that she was unwell because she was so rigid and her communication with food and her relationship with food was so rigid and she was very frail. Mm. And I could see the way that it affected her kids, being my father and his siblings. And then being in the ballet community and seeing all of the young women deal with such negative body image and shame and and restricting food and all that stuff. That was never something I wanted to partake in. And in fact, my mom always kind of championed me in terms of my body image. And my mom also raised me a vegetarian. So I didn't eat meat growing up, but I always had a really fun relationship with food. Mm. And so when I realized how obsessive the community I was in was about their relationship with food, I wanted to distance myself from that. And so when my grandmother did pass away in college, it was because she obviously did not take care of herself at all. And I and I really realized that it's something that comes up, particularly with young women in their early teens and throughout their teenage years. But I realized that if you don't take care of it and you don't get rid of these negative thoughts or start changing the way you think, that it will stay with you your entire life like it did with my grandmother and it'll eventually impact your entire life going forward. Right, yeah. So when she passed away, I kind of committed myself to living the happiest and healthiest version of myself because I knew that was something that she would have wanted for me. I don't think, even though she was so obsessive, I think she was ultimately a bit angry with herself that she let it run her life. Mm. So fast forward, I'm, you know, DJing like crazy and I'm, you know, partying and I'm, you know, living life as a as a young 20-something in New York City. Shaving your head and yeah. getting a tattoo <laughs> on your head. And doing all the wild and crazy things. <laughs> I kind of woke up one morning and said, what happened to that commitment that I made to myself a couple oh, of years before? That's beautiful, Hannah. Yeah. And so that's kind of what started me to go on this journey of self-exploration and self-discovery. I remember when we first met, you were in your early 20s mm-hmm. and we cooked together for iSpoon and not very many. I mean, I was cooking in my 20s for different reasons than you were, but not very many women, also growing up in New York City who have Mm -hmm. access to so much and are kind of eating out and ordering in so much. Like it was surprising to me that like we cooked a home cooked meal together and I'll never forget like you were making your homemade almond milk. And I feel like I'd never even experienced that before. And I was like, wow, like look at her. Like you were on the wellness tip far ahead of the curve, I guess. Yes. I, I think, you know, it's funny because when I first learned about what was going on with my gut, which the first person kind of who I, I went to, to to figure out what I could be doing differently and how my lifestyle needed to change and how I could better take care of myself because I, I wanted to get back to, first of all, having energy, being happy, being active. Um, but I knew my lifestyle was not conducive to that at the time. So I had to make a full lifestyle change. I actually had to stop DJing nightclubs. And that's when I moved into the corporate space of DJing. Mm. Because all of a sudden, now DJing with corporate events, I'm DJing between the hours of 6 and 8 p.m. 
or 8 and 10 p.m. I'm no longer DJing from midnight till 4 a.m. So just that in itself was a huge, huge change and shift for me that allowed me then to like really dive into this exploratory phase of healing myself and, and all that stuff. So I went to this woman named Dr. Gabrielle Francis, and she was a doctor who actually, I forget her tagline, but it's something about like, she's got a book and it's something about like the rock and roll, like, like diet or lifestyle. And at the time I was like, this is <laughs> totally on par with me. Like, what can, what can she tell me? And so she was basically, and her whole MO was that back in the day, she would go on tour with like rock stars and musicians and kind of keep them healthy on the road. So I was like, oh, that like totally resonates with me. So I went and I saw her and she was the first person to tell me that I had something called leaky gut. And I was like, oh, that sounds super sexy and cool. <laughs> and she was like, you know, that's what's happening with your skin. Basically, you've kind of destroyed your gut lining and the toxins are not eliminating properly and they're being recycled into your bloodstream. And now they're coming out on your face and in other ways as well. And your adrenals are completely fatigued. And so I was like, wow, okay. So I went on a full overhaul and I followed her protocol and that's when I started because I had to you know follow a protocol and eat proper foods that's when I started making my own almond milks and reading ingredient labels very intensely and understanding where hidden sugars were and what gluten does to the gut in terms of inflammation and it just I all of a sudden became so intrigued and there was just there was so much for me to learn, yeah. and it was so exciting. It's interesting that you said there's so much to learn because I do feel as though having creative schizophrenia, I call it, mm -hmm. allows me to become educated in so many different— like you've really not only educated yourself in wellness, working out, beauty— your gut, mm -hmm. but I also feel like through your social platform, you've also educated your greater community. I mean, even just recently, like with your whole— mouth dilemma. Oh my God, the dental journey. <laughs> the dental journey. Like you, you really put it all out there for yeah. the world to understand what you're battling or going through, mm -hmm. have learned and then educating others. And I mean, have you always been this kind of open about your everything? You know, I think I have been. If you ask any of my friends, like I've kind of always been this kind of ahead of the curve, one to always give you recommendations, always looking for, you know, recommendations from my friends. And I do like my full due diligence and let people know like how my experience was. And then all of a sudden insert a platform like Instagram. And I just, I didn't really know how to use it. I just started sharing what I was already sharing with my inner circle of friends right. to a larger community. But, you know, when I first started on Instagram, I really didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of trying to be myself. I'll never forget when I had, I think, 5,000 followers. And I thought, it's a big deal. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe 5,000 people care that I'm, you know, making almond butter cups and, you know, making like zucchini frittatas. Like, I don't even know, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that people were into like the workout stuff. And all of a sudden I saw a shift within my immediate friend group. All of a sudden they were coming to me asking me more and more about those things when really they didn't necessarily 
care about that before, or maybe they did, just we weren't talking about it. Right. But then having this this platform to kind of showcase that stuff really was making an impact in my immediate community. And I just thought to myself, wow, if if my like closest friends who are all, you know, club kids too, really are starting to care about this, then I can only imagine what like the greater community must feel. Yeah. But it's fascinating. Like you have a pretty solid inner confidence because for myself, like when I wrote my cookbook, I felt a little timid or uncertain because like I wasn't a professional chef and do I know how to write a proper recipe or like sometimes I trip myself up yeah and it really seems as though you allow yourself to explore without judging judgment yeah so that's true I think I've kind of always had that confidence what do you equate that to you know I don't know I think it must be just something kind of in my DNA because even as a little kid, like my dad used to tell me this story that when I was in school, he got a call from my teacher in like first grade and we were supposed to be going to lunch or something and we were going to take stairwell A and I was like, no, let's all go out to stairwell B. We'll get there faster and then we'll beat the other class to the lunch line and like everyone followed me to the stairwell B and then the the teacher called my dad and said, you know, she's not taking direction. And she, and my dad said, I actually think this has nothing to do with my daughter and more to do with your teaching skills. Like, what does that say that the kids are not listening (laughs) to you? I don't know. He's always been very, he's always had my back. So, you know, I can't really describe, like, it's not like I woke up one morning and decided I was going to be confident. It's something that I've had like in me this whole time. And and I've been lucky to grow up around a family who let that thrive and flourish and grow. It's amazing. It's really, it's amazing to see you ping pong around like all of these different facets within your career. And I, and I said it earlier, but it's really kind of navigated with such grace. I mean, thank you. It's funny that you say that because there are so many times though, where I'm feeling like, you know, what am I doing? Of course. Like, where's this going? You know, how does this affect where I want to be in 10 years or 15 years? And sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm not doing enough, which is, Insane. Insane, because I'm literally <laughs> doing the most. No, but it's because we don't have a roadmap, right? Right, right exactly. You're, you're making it up. You're forging your own path. But that that leads us into kind of the couple of things I want to focus yeah. on in this podcast, which like, what are the hurdles that you've faced? Like yeah. what struggles have kind of hit you like boom, straight in the face that you've had to try to navigate and whether that's whatever it is. Yeah. So I feel like I've had a few things. One, I feel like I am someone who's kind of ahead of the trend. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can not be a great thing because when I, you know, pitch a concept or pitch a show or something like people are like, oh, well, people aren't ready for that yet. Interesting. And so I have received a lot of pushback from kind of corporate America in terms of like network stuff in terms of, you know, I've really always wanted to be on TV and I've come up with probably hundreds of concepts over the years and it's either not the right timing or people aren't ready for positive programming or people aren't ready to see a person that looks like me 
in my position at such a young age or what whatever it is. But I feel like even being like a black girl in wellness, I think so often to myself, like, oh, well, they could use someone like me in my of course opinion. They can. But I would think that, I mean, I hope this isn't come off the wrong way, but that is a benefit I, to Well, I would I would agree, but <laughs> but sometimes, you know, people don't see it that way. You know, mm-hmm. I've for instance, I've pitched I mean, I don't want to like call networks out, but like, <laughs> you know, for instance, the Food Network, you know, they're a pretty old school group of talent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, they're all the OGs and I respect every single one of them, but maybe the Food Network's not looking for new blood. I don't know. It seems that way. <laughs> really but... should know. But that's what I mean. Like there are some of these, you know, corporations that I just feel like it's a little bit harder to crack. And I do really want to make that step in my career. Does that knock you down? Like, do you get It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. I don't get deterred, but it's like, you know, how many times can someone say, well, maybe you should do the concept on your own? I'm like, yeah, like, okay, cool. But then someone else is just going to rip me off. Right. So it's a bit frustrating. I can for imagine. Sure. Yeah. So there's there's that. And there's also, you know, there's been so much time spent in developing things that also never end up coming to fruition, which I wouldn't say is a roadblock because at the end of the day, all of that is fully educational for me. Right. And it leads you to your next kind yes. of unknown step on your journey. Totally. But like I've developed products in the past that have never come to market. And so it's always interesting for me to then see when they do come to market with a different brand and how they did it. And I think, did I miss my moment? Yeah. And so that's like an interesting thing as well to always, to not always feel, but to feel like when you truly trust the timing of the universe to give into that is hard. Right. Yeah. So that's something I also struggle with as well. And where would you say like on your path was this moment where you kind of embraced yourself more? Were there times when you battled with uncertainty and insecurity on your path? Oh my gosh, yeah. So and I've told this story a a few times, but when I transitioned from nightlife DJing to corporate DJing and kind of really went on this wellness journey, I became super intrigued in health and wellness. And when I started DJing corporate events, I started taking a little bit more care in my look, right? Because I, you know, I'm DJing now for like executives and professionals. And so I need to look put together and and all that stuff. And so, and I'm a New York City girl and I I love a good blowout. And so I, I know my salons and all of those things. And this is when I really realized that my entrepreneurial spirit was itching. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to start an app. And in 2012, I started a company called Beautified, which was an app that allowed you to book last minute beauty appointments through curated lists of salon and spas. So we basically certified the top salon and spas in actually New York, LA, and San Francisco. We made a proprietary technology that allowed you to book last minute appointments, not that were discounted, right? This was, we were coming off like the guilt group right. moment and people didn't want discount, right? And the Groupon thing, we, we they just wanted access. So we were actually the first on-demand beauty app for in salon. We came before Priv, Glam Squad. And I will say, obviously now 
we know that the market there went to in-home. Oh, interesting. Right? right. It didn't really go in, into salon. But we were trying to help, you know, small business owners fill their unsold inventory. So it was it was great. We, we were met with enthusiasm by many different salon and spa owners. And, and we were kind of like off to the races. And then... I had a massive falling out with one of my business partners. Was it succeeding at the time? It was. We had finished a round of fundraising. We had raised 1.1 million. Oh. Um, yeah. And the tech was there. The app was beautiful. We were expanding into other cities. And I was like, I'm this little business boss who's like <laughs> taking the beauty world by storm. Like who thought that this DJ was ever going to, you know, evolve into something else. And so that was my first venture into like a business mindset and I was going to the office every day and I was it was really exciting I was 24 that's unbelievable yeah that's crazy actually (laughs) um so so and then I had this massive falling out with my business partner where he really he hijacked our company from my other co-founder Annie and I and he was one of those people where he was such a a negative and it just was creating so much tension in the office. And so mm-hmm. Annie and I were actually like staging a coup and we were trying to get him out. And then right before we pulled the trigger, he like totally saw it coming and <sighs> he just nailed us. Oh, that that sounds like your biggest hurdle. <laughs> it was it was 1000% a defining moment in my life. Wow. And I'll never forget, you know, we had investors. It was, how am I going to face these people who am I without this company? I'm a failed entrepreneur. All of these moments and and things of self doubt were going through my head, and I just I'll never I'll never forget. It was like the day before Thanksgiving, and I went to the Garrett, a bar in New York, mm-hmm. with Brendan, who was my boyfriend at the time, and literally felt like I was in a scene out of a movie. Just drank so much tequila, cried my eyes out. It was, you know, really, it was really a difficult time. And it took me about six months to a year to even get over it. Yeah. But on the other side of it, I'll never forget, you know, one one day I was telling Brendan, I was plotting something that I wanted to happen to this guy because... <laughs> At that moment. Because you're a Scorpio. Yeah, because I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) And in that moment, I was in my revenge phase. But I really did go through like all all of those phases. I felt like a crazy ex-girlfriend. I went through the jealousy, the denial, the revenge, like all of it. And I was in the revenge phase then. So (laughs) I was telling Brendan something that I wanted to happen. And and he looked at me and he said, he's and he's also a Scorpio. And he said, Hannah, the best revenge you're going to get on this guy is for your face to be everywhere Mm. and that he won't be able to escape you. And I was like, wow. Go Brendan. I was like, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Also, it's so much work dealing with all the negative emotion, right? That's like way more- It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. And I was exhausted emotionally. And so I thought to myself, how can I channel my energy? How can I pick myself back up? How can I reinvent myself? Because I want to do exactly that. I want to have recognition and for this guy to be like, wow, I fucked up. Totally. So this is your catalyst moment? Ex- the catalyst moment. And I and I literally look over to my phone and I'm realizing that I have a full community online that wants to know X, Y, and Z about all the health and beauty and wellness. And 
that's when HB Fit was born. Wow. It's when I stopped letting the negative energy take over and put it back to use in a positive, productive way. That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And not easy because no. it's you can yeah. hop on the negative. And I did. And I did for about six months before I could really see the light. Wow. That's really incredible. Mm-hmm. So I've been asking every guest, when is this moment where you step into this space where you're like, I am instead of am I? And right. it, it seems as though that might be that was the moment for my you. moment, yeah. And then when you were building HB Fit, you know, how did you pull your team together? Like, I think it would be really interesting for people because I think it's important for, you know, our youth to know and understand like how you got to this place where you are right now. So how did you build a team for HB Fit? And then also how did you build a team for writing your incredible cookbook and wellness book, I should say? Sure. So I will say the team of HB Fit is extremely lean. Yeah. And when I first started out, I had a girl who I love so much. She she now works at Google and she found me right before she graduated from Wesleyan. And she came to me and she said, I'd love to work for you. And I was like, how do you even like know who I am? Like, this is crazy. This is like in 2011 or maybe it was actually 2013, actually. Yeah, 2013. And at the time I had a fake assistant. So Wait, what do you mean? So, assistant. so I had an email address for a woman named Virginia Clark Nelson, Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ginny was my assistant, except for it was just me. That's brilliant. Well, because I was DJing and I didn't have management and I wanted to negotiate my rates, but I didn't know how and I didn't want to be seen as, you know, whatever, all the terms that you can say. <laughs> and so I, I needed someone to speak on my behalf because I also wanted to be taken seriously. So I created Ginny. You were wise beyond your years, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ginny. So, so I'll never forget, Ava came to me and was like, I want to work for you. Should I go through Ginny or Virginia? And I was like, uh, I'll tell you about Virginia. Like, I'm like, you're first of all, you're hired. And <laughs> Uh, Virginia's just me. And she was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like you're wild. So Ava was with me through Beautified. And then she was with me when we started HB Fit. And we really just, because I had just finished working in tech and with this app, I had some friends who were able to help me with a website. And in the beginning, it was Ava and I writing all the articles. And we also did a little bit of like some community outreach and had people writing for the site as well. And we started an Instagram account for it. And it was just, you know, it was just us hustling. Like it really was. It was literally the two people. And then over the years, we've grown a little bit, but it's really still a very lean team. Like we're still two people and an intern, but now we are working on some really exciting things for 2020. So we're finally going to be moving into product. And so I've partnered with a manufacturer who will help us produce those products. So for us, it wasn't necessarily about bringing someone in-house full-time. It was mm-hmm. about how can we be strategic about the partnerships and and the people that we need to help us get these certain projects done. And who helps guide you through navigating all of this? So I have an amazing manager. His name is Gabe and yeah. he happens to be my husband's business partner. So Brendan and Gabe have a talent management company and Gabe 
comes from the world of PR, like celebrity PR. And so he's seen so many celebrities build their own personal brands and create products and and all of that. So it's really with Gabe's guidance right. that I'm able to kind of talk through my wildest dreams and, and make them a reality. It's so incredible. And how would you advise our youth if they don't exactly know what they want to do and have multiple interests on how to kind of be okay with that and yeah. embrace all those different aspects of themselves? Well, I think there are a few things. I think for the youth, I feel like there's a misconception with Instagram that people haven't worked to get where they are. Agreed. And I would like to just reiterate that like there is a lot of hard work that goes into creating a brand, whether it's personal or not. And you have to be willing to put the work in and you have to be an open book and want to learn because you don't know it all. Yeah. So I, I'll say that. But then also, I think it's really important to have a skill set because what no matter your skill set, it can be applied to multiple industries, right? So if social media is your skill set, then you can go to any company, whether it's fashion, beauty, tech, and say, listen, this is what I can do for you. Or if it's PR or if it's community building or whatever that is, R&D. Totally. Be, be an expert. Do be the an work. expert. Exactly. Do the work. And yeah, I think those are like the two the two biggest things. And then I would also say like, do not be afraid to network and find a mentor. Yeah. Or a community of people that you can go to. And when you're having questions or troubles, like I was very grateful that when I was going through, I will say like the divorce of my company, right. that I had an investor who he was, I mean, he was my lifeline. He gave me the buoy when I was on a sinking ship. I mean, he brought me to shore and gave me CPR. Like it was that. like, he he was an amazing resource for me. And even when I felt so much shame because I took his money and then <laughs> and then drowned it. So when I felt so much shame around that, he, as an older gentleman, never was condescending to me towards that, right. which was also really helpful because it is a common thing. Startups fail. Business partners have falling outs. And so he was really quite helpful to me during that time. And I'm very grateful for him. So everyone should try and find those people that can help them work through something because it's, you, you know, can't I, do it you can't do it alone. And, yeah. I, and I was the first one to say, I don't know how to do this. I need help. Yeah. That's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I'm such a perfectionist that I always often wanted to do things myself. And it wasn't until I started to ask for help yeah. and started to realize, you know what, I'm not good at this. So mm -hmm. let me focus on what I am good at. Yeah. It's like when I began to find success or embrace, yeah. you know, so that's really Beautiful. And I just want to close with one thing. Mm -hmm. You're like an open book. You share your personal life, your your struggles, your triumphs. Is that something that is integral to your brand, do you feel? And how do you how do you navigate, you know, being this open and the feedback that you get? I'm sure the majority of it is positive, but you know, with social media there there are some negative. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I 
have always been an open book. And I feel like the reason why I've been successful in my growth is because I continue to stay that way. Mm. Doesn't mean that it's easy to do. It's definitely difficult to share things that are really deeply personal or things that I'm going through. But at the end of the day, I feel like I do it because I value transparency, but also I learn so much through everything that I go through that I want to be able to share my experiences for other people who are going through it as well. Yeah. Because we're not alone in this, you know, whether it's, you know, fertility, whether it's dental work, whether it's, you know, all, all of these like random things that I've kind of personally had to go through, the stories that then come out of that, that people share with me about their journeys and how this information helped shape and inform and affect theirs is just like one of the most rewarding parts, I think, of what I do. You're so, spreading positivity. You really are. You're you're making some things that are really challenging for people just a little bit better by being transparent, by being authentic, by being truthful. Thank you. And being a little beam of light. <laughs> <laughs> but there's definitely been pushback, you know? Oh. Yeah. Like even with the dental stuff, uh-huh. I mean, people were freaking out. Like, how could I spread these lies? Because I ended up getting my teeth extracted, right? Which is a very extreme thing. Right. Very, it, was not, it was not a decision that was made lightly by any means. But, you know, people are like, I mean, the dental community. Wow. I was shocked. I <laughs> like was dentists? Like, like, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not really surprised because, and I like this little anecdote, but you know that movie Root Cause that was on Netflix, yeah. which I obviously watched and I then went to a doctor who was highlighted in that documentary. Smart. Yes. Um, <laughs> but... You know, that documentary was also taken off of Netflix by the American Dental Association. Oh, wow. So I was expecting this to be a controversial topic for sure. But, you know, like I said, I like to inform myself and then make my own educated decisions about what's going to be best for me. So and that's all I'm sharing. I'm not, you know, saying this is what you should do, too. But people got up in arms. Oh my God. It was really wild, but it was kind of amazing. Like I was like, wow, I can't believe people are so intense about their teeth. Like this is (laughs) wild. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I do it for the community. I value the feedback, whether it's good, bad, and it's always good to know what people are thinking about and what their opinions are. And every opinion is valid And you just got to take it all with a grain of salt. I love that. I'm excited to see what you do next. I mean, products are going to be incredible. Yay, I'm so excited about the products. I can't really share much about them, but you'll be one of the first to uh, taste test them. Thank you. You're welcome. If you're enjoying more than one thing, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And please don't forget to rate and review us and keep spreading the love on social media feel free to tag and DM at iSwoon on Instagram. I'm Athena Calderon, and you are listening to More Than One Thing.